everybody. Welcome to the Monday edition of Winners and Winers Radio. I am your host, Scott Steen, with winnersandwiners.com. And I'm, and I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, Senior Handicapper, over at winnersandwiners.com. And together, we make up Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour, and we'll give you the winners. Scott, gave out some winners. We gave out some losers. How'd you end up doing personally over the weekend? For the weekend as a whole, it was very good because Friday worked out well. College football was really just clean for me, but with the exception of the one loss we'll get into and call the cops. The NFL, not so much. NFL was not good for me pretty much at all. I went 0-2 on the plays that I gave out. On top of that, I had a DFS matchup with a friend of mine. We started a tradition. We do a head-to-head thing. Like, loser has to take a shot. Like, stuff, mostly just pride. I lost by 0.6 points. I had Daniel Jones, who was tackled at the one-yard line and got a concussion in the second quarter. And I had Kadarius Tony, who got ejected with six minutes to go for punching somebody in the face. I lost by 0.6. And my fantasy league, I had the second most points in the league this week. And I went up against the number one point getter this week. So I went completely over in the betting, the DFS, the fantasy leagues, just not really a great NFL weekend for me. How was yours? That's a good answer. We also would have accepted not well. Yeah. Um, middling. We, uh, we, uh, you did, we, again, we, we go 500 on the premium side on college, on college ball. And, uh, we, uh, as far as the plays of the day went one and two on the premium side, we, uh, Kind of got screwed. We had the uh, the Chiefs first half two and a half mi- minus two and a half. They just absolutely no showed that in, uh, pretty much that that entire game. I thought I thought maybe they'd be have uh, the scripted portion of the evening would go well. And I think you just expected uh, Kansas City to be jacked up because everyone's talking about how good this Buffalo team is. Yeah, I, I thought I thought the I thought the crowd would help. I thought the the crowd would be a little intimidating to Buffalo to, at least to start out. I thought it might take them a quarter or so to get their feet under him. Um, it didn't, and of course the Chiefs helped by not playing well at all, settling for a field goal the first time uh, down the down the field. That did not go well. We had the Broncos Steelers under a bet that looked really good for pretty much all of the game until the very end when the uh, Steelers decided to start playing nominal defense against Denver, let them confer- convert three fourth down plays. Denver had what, like three points in the first two and a half quarters? Yeah, three quarters. Yeah, it was it was brutal. It was just an absolute lock. We were we were dialed in, and then we had the Lions team total under twenty and a half. So that was okay. In spite of the the Lions and their in their flurry there at the end, I had a live money line <laughs> play on the Lions in that game. Yeah. Kind of sums up my week, my uh my NFL week. There you go. And then we uh, end up splitting on the on the free side. We hit it. We did hit a uh, we did hit a uh, teaser with. Uh, my with the Tampa Bay and the Dallas Cowboys, two two plays that we could have played a straight parlay and done much better. But you know what? That's it's kind of how teasers go. You take a two or three team teaser, and you kind of have in your mind that you're going to need the six points for one of them. And well, the best teaser option today was definitely New England because they were laying eight. They won by three, and you can get them at two. Yeah, yeah, that's that was that's not. It was a, a, it was a miracle cover because Houston punted the game away. But I, I didn't want I didn't want any part of that game with of New, course New not, England. They were missing every offensive line. In the eighty eighty percent of their offensive line. Yeah. So, and then we had Mahomes over two and a half touchdown passes. That was a just got job for so many reasons. But we had a shot to win it there at the end. Inexplicably, a terrible game by Mahomes. Still had a shot to win that prop as they've got the ball first and ten at the fifteen yard line. And uh, then pretty much sums up the entire game for the Chiefs. Mahomes fumbles a perfect snap and loses it. And Bobby. Oh, Durkle. you meant that? I forgot about that. I thought you meant the interception to Rousseau on the drive prior. Well, there was that one too. That was also inside like the twenty-five. Yep, yep. So I, f- I still feel like I'd make that play just about just about every day because Mahomes was terrible and still should have thrown three or four touchdown passes. Because realistically, in the red zone, they never run the ball. You see the classic shovel pass maneuver, whatever the hell they usually do. I was worried about him when it was when it was third and third and one from the six. I was mm-hmm. worried about him busting through and scoring on a run, and they almost did. They got to the two, and then he threw that little pass to Kelsey. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's how my, that's how my weekend went. It's been I, it, it wasn't it wasn't profitable in the end. It wasn't horrible. Uh, we definitely had better, but you know what? Let's just. Uh, Put it in the rearview mirror and uh, see if we can pick up a little steam 
going forward. So, yeah, big day. A lot of upsets in college. If it, if it was Survivor Day in college, Scott, you'd have a you'd have a lot of people crying, wouldn't you? I would have taken Wisconsin. Hot take. Taking Wisconsin in your Survivor against Illinois. Yeah, that Illinois team stinks. Not good. Not not good at all. Well, let's get. Well, I don't know if we have time to talk about all the college stuff on the show. At some point this week, we got to talk about the Oklahoma Texas game, but I'm not sure if it's good. Of course, it's going to be on a segment we're about to talk to uh, talk about, but. That whole game kind of deserves a deep dive, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. A, a lot going on there, and we had, and we had talked about that. Um, well, I guess I talked about it when I did the Denver show, but we talked uh, about a lot of weird things. It doesn't. It's one of those things, and I hate this expression where you you can, you can throw out the records, but that game, it truly your current yep. record, where you how you're playing, none of that means anything. There are some rivalries where the record goes out the window because this is the most meaningful game of the regular season for some of these teams, right? The red river showdown rivalry, whatever you want to call it. That's easily the most important game on the, on these, on the schedule. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Correct. So I found out something interesting and then we'll go because we, we got to get going, but um, we were, I was looking up some stuff on rivalries, you know, the MUKU game, the border war, the border showdown and everything. It started in 1891, which was 26 years after the civil war ended. It was less than 30 years after they had an actual raid on the town of Lawrence. So nice. you had, so my wife said, so you mean you had people in the stands that survived the Quantrell's raid? And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure you did. So you kind of, sure that was pre forward pass. Yes, it was pre forward pass, but you know, you, you probably had some salty people in the stands for that game. Um, so yeah, some of those rivalries, they take them a little more seriously than they do at other places, you know? That's uh, Usually in the South. Usually in the South. Absolutely correct. So, like I said, we got a lot to do today. We got a lot to get to. We've got bonus beats. We've got bonus rocking chairs. We've got surprises, freak out or chill out. All kinds of fun stuff. So let's quit yakking and get right to it, Scott. We'll uh, start it off the way we always do, to find out the people out there crying in their beer. They took it in the shorts. Thought they had a winner. Right up until the time they didn't. Looking at you, Detroit. Let's find out who stars in today's Call the Cops. All right, my friend. Let's uh, let's get it rolling in Texas, Scott. There you go. It's not. It's uh, the Texas plus three and a half. If you had them like I did against Oklahoma, they they led by eleven after the third quarter. And blew many leads, by the way. Oklahoma had the ball in field goal range in a tie game with 10 seconds left. Just shut them down. Let them kick the field goal. We all go home happy. Nope. They got one more offensive play. One more offensive play. You're just going to run the ball. You get it in position. You call that last timeout, kick your field goal, go home. Bob's your uncle. That's not exactly what happened. What happened, Scott? They broke it. Oh, my God. Broke it off a left tackle. Untouched once he made it because you know they're jamming the line. So make once you make it through that first level, it's a foot race. And spoiler alert, you ain't gonna win. And uh, Texas scored the touchdown, kicked the extra point, and you know, or, you Oklahoma, Oklahoma did. Texas that. ends up losing by seven. If you had the Longhorns plus three and a half, horns down, baby. Call the cops. And the second one was a play that I had. Well, I had play, but if you had the South Alabama money line. Against Texas State, it was even worse. I gave out the minus three. It was the only loss I had in college over the entire weekend. Uh, South Alabama led by 14 points with the ball with nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter. They called a flea flicker. They handed it off to the running back. Turns around to pitch it back to the quarterback. Pitched backwards. Was intercepted by the other team. Never seen it before. Texas State converted two separate fourth downs, scored a touchdown. No big deal. You're still up seven with the ball, five minutes to go. South Alabama, a couple first downs. They punt. Needed to avoid an 85-yard touchdown drive. Fourth and goal at the one-yard line with 19 seconds to go. Texas State scores. We go to overtime. South Alabama gets the ball first, scores first. Texas State gets the ball second. They tie it again, go to double overtime. Texas State gets ball first, field goal off the upright. So all you have to do is hit a field goal. South Alabama's running back fumbles the ball on third down. You go to the two-point conversion alternating format, and South Alabama eventually lost in quadruple overtime. Oof. Oof. So I had the spread of minus three, so I was already dead when the third overtime started. But if you had the money line, 
you had to suffer through that a bit longer, about 20 minutes longer or so. Here's what I want to know. And if anybody out there knows the answer to this, drop us a comment. I want to know if anybody has ever covered a double-digit spread in overtime. Has it ever happened? Like, you, you, you go down, you score the touchdown, and then you either get a scoop and score, or the guy throws you the pick, like, right to him, and you just take off running and score the, and score the other way. Has anybody? I know Syracuse covered a spread in overtime, but I'm pretty sure they won by nine. I think they kicked the field goal and then scored a touchdown. Okay. I don't know if it was double digits. Same digit, same deal, though. It's a two score. See, I, that happened last year. Okay. All right, there you go. Well, now, see, I don't even have to... So if you're already writing a comment, stop it. I already know. I already know the answer. So he said double digits. That I don't know. Well, I just meant two scores, basically. Yeah. At least I'm pretty sure it was Syracuse, but that happened either last year or a couple of years ago. All right. Very good. And if you had Memphis first half minus half a point playing Tulsa, you're pretty good shape. They led by six points with 38 seconds left before halftime. Tulsa had the ball at their own 25. My God, seriously, guys, I know you don't have much of a defense, but you surely you can stop them from going seven. Nope. Nope. 75 yards. They scored a TD, Scott. They didn't even need, need all that time. They had 11 seconds left on the clock. They only needed 27 seconds to go 75 yards. Memphis, you're down, baby. 14-13 at halftime. If you had Memphis minus a half, so sorry, Charlie. Call the cops. And the last one in college was Louisville Moneyline against Virginia. Led by 17 points going into the fourth quarter. Virginia converted two separate fourth downs in route to the go-ahead touchdown with 22 seconds left. So that's already bad enough. Louisville got the ball back, managed to get into field goal range, and missed a kick at the buzzer. So Virginia won the game outright. Brutal. Brutal. Turning our attention to the pros. If you had the Washington football team first half plus one, Playing the Saints, you're in pretty good shape. They're tied with seven seconds left. All you need to do, knock it down. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. They sent three into the end zone. One of them caught it on the Hail Mary before halftime. Congratulations, football team. Now you trail 20 to 13. And just like our tax money in Washington, that bet went up in smoke. And the last one in, in the NFL was the Bengals. Team total over. 23 and a half you really go with anything in this game because this game was just nuts but the Bengals missed a field goal as time expired in the fourth quarter and they missed a field goal in overtime to make matters worse the the kicker celebrated the missed kick in overtime because he thought it went in it did not and the Bengals lost 25 to 22 why are you kicking field goal there uh which time the last time that they missed the field goal, the 49-yarder. Why are you kicking a 49-yard oh, It was fourth and one, right? I, yes, it was fourth and one from the 32. Why are you kicking it wasn't? It wasn't even goal? better when LaFleur made it. They kicked it on fourth and inches with a kicker who missed three straight. It, those were just two of the worst decisions I've ever seen as far as kicking a field goal. It's windy. It's a horrible day. They've missed... Would they miss five? At that point, they'd missed five in a, or four in a row at that point. They, they missed... No, it was they, three in a row because... Crosby missed on the other end, I thought. Well, that made it four. I lost track of everything in that game. The Cincinnati the Cincinnati miss at the flag was the fifth one. Okay. So, yeah. That so was, then Crosby made the next one. Which was an NFL record, by the way, for shortest period of time. Truth is, I know that you kind of have to kick it at the end of regulation. Settling for a 57-yarder in the wind on fourth and two with like 10 seconds to go, I really would not have minded if you ran another play. I get that you kind of feel like you have to try to attempt it, but with the wind and all, there was no chance it was going in. It's a big five to, five to seven yards there. You could have picked up, throw a little out pattern for in four seconds. I still think it's inexcusable. LaFleur kicked it. I know Crosby made the kick, finally. Fourth and inches? Yep. You really can't sneak it for a yard? Dumb, 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 dumb. Whatever. It was just bad. All right. So the opposite of calling the cops, this is the place you want to be. These are the nice, easy victories. I'm going to guess we're going to go through the list here. Probably not be on the right side of many of them, Scott. It's... But I know there's lots of people out there that had a great weekend. So let's find out who you are. Stand up and be proud as you were sitting in the rocking chair. So the first one was Texas A&M plus 19 against Bama. They never trailed by more than four points. And they actually won the game outright. Brutal. Brutal. Well, I guess Bama's out now, huh? They're done. Uh, sure. <laughs> Not a chance. I feel bad for Mississippi State. 
if they you play Bama next week, if you had the Moorhead State Presbyterian under 90 and a half, first of all, congratulations on your cojones. But it was never a doubt. They had uh, 30 points in the first half, and they picked up the pace a little bit in the second half, but not enough. The game landed 68. That's only under by 23 points. Congratulations if you had the Blue Hose and the Moorhead State. What are they? Uh, Moccasins? Uh, Eagles? Eagles? Maybe Eagles? You know, Eagles. It's is definitely a, a bird. I'm pretty sure it's Eagles. Eagles, Tigers is a pretty good default, but uh, let's say Eagles. I don't think that's right, but whatever. If you had under 90 and a half, you were cruising. You were in the rocking chair. Congratulations. And looking at the next one, if you had Texas Tech, minus two and a half i'm sorry you had tcu minus two and a half against texas tech yep you led by 25 points at the half and you won by 21 so by the way it is the moorhead state eagles all right thank you very much well i mean again it's a pretty good default guess no i but i just recognized the logo i was trying to think if i was trying to guess the right bird in my head yeah the texans plus eight against the patriots a play that i liked quite a bit by the way patriots missing four of their Five linemen. Uh, Texas never. Uh, Texans never trailed until the final fifteen seconds left in the fourth quarter. Man, that's much worse than like trailing in the first fifteen seconds and then that's it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Patriots going to do what Patriots going to do. Uh, Belichick against rookie quarterbacks. You know the drill. They kicked my ass on the team total under. Texans lose by three. Yep, and the last one: Titans and Jaguars. But over. they but they covered the eight. Sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, t- Titans and Jaguars over 49. You had 37 points in the first half. Game landed 56. Very nice. Very nice indeed. All right. Quick reminder, you guys, you are listening to a Winners and Winners Radio. Give us an hour and we'll give you the winners. Well, Scott, we had a lot of competitors for this next award. A lot of people wanted in. They've heard about it. We're starting to get out there. We're starting to pick up some steam. They all want to wear the golden feed bag, but only one of them can. It was a very competitive day, but we found a winner, Scott. Let's find out who it is. Who is today's Donkey of the Day? Go ahead. So, for this one, we're going to be looking at NFL Sunday as a whole. And I've mentioned my gripe with officiating, particularly around this rule, for a while. But it really started in the early morning in the London game and carried over into the Sunday night game. What's the deal with the roughing the passer penalty? What is the deal with roughing the passer? Because it used to be so simple. And now you can't hit the guy high. Nope. You can't hit the guy low, nope. which happened with Mahomes in that game. Right. You got to hit him in the strike zone. And apparently you can't hit the guy in the middle either Ooh. because the Jets on the opening drive, hit Matt Ryan as he released the ball to the chest. No launching, no nothing, roughing the passer. Right. And Frank Clark, in the Sunday night game, did the same exact thing. The ball was intercepted, yeah. but overturned for roughing the passer. Yeah. I don't know how you're supposed to try to tackle a quarterback if you're a defensive lineman. I, you know, I, I don't want to be too much of a homer here, but I thought the one against Clark was egregious. Just absolutely no reason for it. It was the all. same as the Jets one this morning. Well, if you thought I was up at 8.30 watching football, you were sad. But I'm saying in general, the point is, if you're not allowed to hit them low to protect, you know, the Brady rule, yeah. okay. You can't hit them up high because you're doing the no targeting, no whatever. Like, okay, fine. You can't hit him in the chest either. What are you supposed to do? Yeah, I know. They need they need they need to explain themselves. They they need to let us know. I understand. I understand the one that went against Buffalo against Mahomes because uh, that was low, even if he was blocked into him or not. Whatever. Well, you had two guys. You had two guys taking a shot at his legs. One of them was blocked into him. Yeah. The other one, pretty much. That one was the aimed. least egregious out of the yeah. other ones we talked about. Yeah, although you've certainly seen that. You've certainly seen that not called many times. That's, yeah. it's, a lot of times they let him play, you know, and we, we hadn't talked about this, but here's another one just over. If we're, if we're going to bitch about officiating in general, you kind of have to with the NFL, right? Can we, is, can we just acknowledge that you're not ever going to call pass interference at the goal line on a Hail Mary pass? No matter what you do, you throw, throw Are you the, saying because the Cleveland guy got tackled. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you knew exactly the game and exactly the play I was talking about. That is exactly correct. You just you're throwing them down. They did it, and they did it to the Chiefs a couple weeks ago. Same thing. You also had a primetime game where you had the Chiefs and Bills. You had 17 confirmed calls, not including all the ones that were declined. Yeah. 
what do you think you had north of 22 flags yeah defensive holding was the was the big one and there was a couple of really weird calls and we talked about this earlier this week where i have a hard time just really enjoying the nfl at times because all the scoring feels artificial Anytime there's it's a pl- crazy. Anytime there's a play, uh, if if there's you're a, looking for the yellow, your 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 eyes immediately go to the bottom right quadrant of your TV to look for that yellow yellow box to pop up. That's exactly right, especially on any kind of a kick return. Yeah, just ridiculous. So I don't, you know, nobody wants to see everybody get hurt. I understand that you're trying to protect the quarterback. We lost we lost some quarterbacks today. There has to be a happy medium. You have to you have to be able to define it because defenders still have to be able to rush the passer and they still have to be able to tee off when the passer has the ball in his hand. That's the rule. I think the body weight rule for roughing the passer is one of the stupidest rules I've ever heard in they my life. They don't really call that much anymore. They kind of did that a couple years ago and then they're... Well, you can make an argument. That's why they called it on Clark because his body weight was on Allen to the ground. But if you're going to tackle the guy, I'm not an expert in gravity. I'm not Isaac Newton, but... Sorry, Sir Isaac Newton. But if you tackle somebody and you are aiming downward... Isn't your body weight automatically going to be on top of the other guy? Well, you've left your feet when you when you're driving. When once the, once the quarterback starts to go, you're you of you're leaving your feet because you're going to the ground with him, and it yeah. it takes quite an effort to contort your body in midair when all your momentum is going to one, and then somehow are you supposed to like Mission Impossible disengage while you're falling to the ground I, and then roll off? I, I guess I don't you're, know supposed what you're supposed to roll to roll to one side. I don't, I don't, I don't really understand what you're supposed to do. Uh, I don't get so, it. Yeah, it's just rough and it, it's really officiating as a whole, but the rough in the passer call what there were so many instances that it was just, we had to talk about it. it it's brutal. Yeah, it is. It's, and again, it's, this isn't, you know, this isn't me as a Chiefs fan with sour grapes. You know, you can't go out and lose by three scores and go, well, the officials are... But there was... My Jets team stinks, but it was still not roughing the pass. No, they're just terrible calls. So, um, yeah, stay tuned. As they say, watch this space, because I'm guessing this isn't the last time you and I are going to talk about this. Yeah. All right, Scott. Well, let's find out who it is. It's the it's It's every... It's every kid's worst nightmare when your parents look at you and you know you've screwed up and you're ready to take your medicine, but no, they've got to make you feel guilty about it. Let's find out, Scott. Not mad, just disappointed. That is extremely appropriate for today. I'm going to let you take this one. I believe I will. Thank you. Um, Today... In our I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed, spotlight is going to be my beloved Chiefs and their defensive effort. They gave up 38 points to the Buffalo Bills, and quite frankly, it feels like the Bills probably left about 10 points on the field. If it didn't start raining, they might have scored 50. I guarantee it, and I don't want to say I'm salty because I had first team to uh, first team to 40 for the Bills at plus 600. I'm just saying. But this defense is absolutely dreadful. If you are a regular listener to the show, you know I've addressed it before. They have schematic issues on in the linebacking core. Um, the front four outside of Chris Jones has been underperforming. Sorensen, I was saving the best for last, buddy. Uh, Dirty Dan Sorensen has no business being on a football field unless there's a kick. He can play. He can play kickoff coverage. He can play punt return, but he cannot play anywhere in your regular defensive scheme. He was absolutely abused. He looked out of position, and when he wasn't out of position, he was missing tackles. Scott, uh, it was a team effort. You lose as a team. You win as a team. But sometimes, in a horrific performance, a particularly horrific performance, stands out. And tonight, for me, that was number 49, Dirty Dan Sorensen. Good guy, hard-nosed player. One of those guys you say, I could, I'd like to have 53 of him. No, you wouldn't. You'd like to have 53 good players with his attitude. Sorry, guys. Chiefs defense, Dan Sorensen, Steve Spagnola, all of you people. You got to go. And I'm not mad. Well, maybe I am just a little mad. But I'm very disappointed. Yep. Pretty much nothing more to add. Nothing, nothing at all. All right, Scott, I uh, I fell for the banana in the tailpipe on this one. I couldn't resist, like Roger Rabbit and uh, shaving a haircut. I couldn't resist. Let's find out at my expense. Scott, why were the oddsmakers drunk this weekend? 
So we're going to go back to college in this one, and it's a total between two teams in the CUSA that play less the defense than the Chiefs. You had UTSA taking on Western Kentucky. We mentioned Western Kentucky had nauseam in the past, how Zappi's a great quarterback, the defense stings. UTSA, great running team. Defense has been underwhelming this season. Anyway, total in this one was 71.5, which sounded a bit too high until you saw 52 points in the first half, and the game ended up landing at 98. I got to be honest with you. I thought I was in trouble at halftime. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> they was, weren't taking enough air out of the ball. That was brutal. They were, they, were, they were gaining too much on the ground plays. That's, and they, honestly, that's what I was worried about. I really was. Because that was that was what I was, uh, I was basing everything on. The fact that UTSA, number three in the country at running plays, I thought they would just absolutely pound the rock down the throat and limit the opportunities of Zappi. But when you give up running rushing yards at 15, 20 a pop, they don't take long to get down there and score, and then you get the ball right back. So congratulations. Western, Western Kentucky, I think, is a blind 75, if not higher. Have team. to be. I, 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 can't, I can't take an under with this team. There's just absolutely no way. They're the perfect over Unless team. you're playing like Southern Miss. Like you're playing an abysmal offense. I think you have to be somewhere in the 70s. Yep. Yep, absolutely. So the odds makers were drunk, and so was I. That was uh, not, and I made that one of my top three picks. I, I, I'm serious. I had to have been drunk there. All right. So we've got, um, we had a couple of close calls, Scott. Yeah, it might have been some, might have been some money on some various teams, but let's find out what survivors went down in flames yesterday, my friend. Um, There's really only one. Yeah, it could. It certainly could have gone a lot worse, but it didn't. And if you had the uh, you had the Raiders, you if lost. you had the Raiders, yeah. So I was, I was I was just looking to see if there was anything else, but no. If you had no, the, that was it. The favorites did pretty well. You had a couple of close calls because the Lions choked against the Vikings, which was actually the most common pick in the circuit competition. You had like thirteen hundred oh. people who had the Vikings, so that was a sweat and a half for those people. If you had New England. You were losing the entire game until the final fifteen seconds against Houston. Well, there might have been some. But, pa- there might have been some Packers out there too. Yeah, some Packers too. But yeah. pretty much, if you had the Raiders, you're the only one who lost. Yep, absolutely, absolutely true. So, congratulations, all you survivors. Uh, Scott and I died a grisly death last weekend. So, yes, we, we did. We are not survivors any longer. And now it is time to find out what we should be doing. We've seen some action in the NFL got five weeks in let's find out if it's time to freak out chill out dude uh let's start with the buffalo bills they're all fresh in our memory here as we do this show uh are they the best team in the league scott i said that three weeks ago okay yeah you still stand the by best that team i don't think it's close you know i just don't I know think Ari- i think arizona's good yeah don't get me wrong but buffalo i just think has another gear about them i don't know what it is I expected Kyler to struggle a little bit against San Francisco because he always does, but they ended up winning the game anyway. I just think Buffalo is insanely good. And I said that after they killed Washington in week two, I thought that this team was the best team in the league. So I'm not surprised. I'm not even disappointed. I'm kind of proud. I'm not sure. I'm still, I'm still not sure. I don't think I still am not convinced they played anybody. They, they who's it between. So between them and Arizona, and do you put Tampa in that conversation? You do put Tampa. You absolutely put Tampa in that conversation. Who's Tampa played? What's that? Tampa got Tampa got killed by the Rams. Who else did they play? They beat Dallas in Week One. Yeah, beat the Cowboys. Awful defense that, in Week One. Uh, you can you can honestly you can honestly make a case that Dallas is the best team either one of these teams have played. That's fair, but you can make an argument Week One you can't really read into because the Bills lost to the Steelers in week one. Well, I was going to say, and that's that's a hard case to make if I'm going to make the case for the Packers too because they got obliterated by New Orleans. So, Yeah, but I'm looking at the Buccaneers. The offense is great. They really let Brissett go up and down the field for about two quarters. That was surprising. It really was. But See, I think Buffalo defensively, they have talent. They have a defensive line that can get after you, and that offense is really, really good. So I think Buffalo is the best team in the league. Yeah, if they're not, they're certainly very, very close. I think they're top two. Yeah, that, in, in my opinion, they're not two. You know, I would have, I would have probably argued a little bit for the Browns before that horrific defensive effort against yeah. the Chargers. Just couldn't get any kind of stops when they needed to. Um, so, 
Yeah, um, yeah, I'm with you. I think I think they probably I think they probably are. Again, mm-hmm. they've they and I don't know they've really got a, a weak schedule. We were looking at that. The AFC East plays the South of uh, the NFC and the AFC this season. Those are just horrific teams. So there's there's eight games against. Uh, I was going to say, except for, except for Tampa Bay, maybe new Orleans, but everybody else is just awful. I don't know if the new Orleans game is in new Orleans or in Buffalo matters, but matters either way. Yeah. The way I see it is that Buffalo, we talked about when the win totals just came out, our favorite win totals, Buffalo over. Yep. And you know why it's a really good team with a really easy schedule. Yes, sir. Absolutely correct. And they're, and they're playing third, they'll win 13 or 14 games. They're playing good football. You know, I wasn't, I thought Josh Allen did an a decent job. He was. Uh, I thought his, his scrambling was huge. Yeah. Oh no, and his design runs and everything. You know, mm-hmm. and he, you know, he fifteen for twenty six, uh, three fifteen, and just every time he threw the ball over thirty years, thirty yards, somebody's wide open. Yep. It was the most. I, you know, I don't it know. made me laugh how it didn't even matter who the receiver was. Like no. everyone was wide open. Well, I think they, they just they looked whoever to see Sorensen was guarding. But pretty know, much. that was pretty much, um, you know, and they did have a nice completion over um, over Fenton um, when it, it was a uh, was was that Knox was it Knox down the right sideline? Uh, yes, it could call it kind of the fade or no, I mean yeah. the uh, the back shoulder. Uh, but that mm-hmm. was and that was that was Fenton kind of you know that was the only he had decent position, but everything else it just just smoked Sorensen. Just I don't know Dawson yeah. Knox is still open. I think uh, you know how many how many receptions does it seem like Dawson Knox had? Uh, it felt like he had about nine, but yeah. he had about four, yeah. but it was just for like a hundred and something yards. He had three. He had three for one. He had three. That's even three, less than I thought. Three for 117. It was the same thing with Sanders. I was against Emmanuel Sanders in fantasy. Right. Two touchdowns. You look up, he's three receptions. Three receptions. Well, yeah, because Allen only had 15 completions. Yeah. So now I will say this. The weather was brutal at the, at the stadium. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I've told you before, I'm about... I'm about five miles away as the crow flies. I can, I can, I can go to the top of the hill outside my apartment complex and see the lights of the stadium. So I'm close. So I know what kind of weather was. It was an ugly, ugly day. But there was no excuse. I, I thought Mahomes was terrible. One of his, one of his worst games as a pro for me. Just, yeah, he wasn't good. He was just inaccurate all night long. Ironically, the two passes that got picked off, probably neither one of them should have been. Well, one of them went right through Tyreek Hill's hands. That one definitely yeah. shouldn't have been. And, and the other one got tipped at the line. Yep, and the other one, of course, you know, my, as my son said, you know, he was due not to get away with that sidearm shit. So, and he, you know, and that's the thing. He throws them underneath those, underneath those defenders' arms all the time. Mm. And they, Russo finally... Uh, finally I'm trying to think what the first one I ever saw do that was. Didn't, like, Marino ever sprinkle with that? Well, Flutie was kind of a arm, an arm angle guy. It kind of uh, had to be, right? Yeah, yeah, and he did. Uh, Elway would improvise a lot yeah. and throw. I know Big Ben did it a decent amount. Throw on the run, a lot of, lot of did it a lot. Three quarter sidearm stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, that's about all I want to talk about with that team. Uh, now, as far as well, the, I got another, got another it, question for you. Yeah, go ahead. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? Man, you know I thought they were going to be the best team in a bad division. They're the best. They are. Team. They are the best you were, team. You weren't wrong, right? With, with your theory, no. But they are uh, arguably one of the best, one of the top three teams in the NFC. Um, I think you put Tampa Bay up there, you put Arizona up there, and I think you put the Cowboys up there. I would probably put the Rams in front of the Cowboys, but I don't know what's going on with Stafford. I think Stafford has some type of hand issue because he's extremely inconsistent with with his throws this season. Didn't look good. Didn't didn't look uh, didn't look ideal the last time out. So I'll throw I'll throw one out to you. I just glutton for punishment. Chiefs miss the playoffs this year. Do the Chiefs miss the playoffs? Yeah. First place schedule with I'm gonna say no because they added an extra team. Okay. You might be the seven. You might be the first ever seven seed. You're the seven seed nobody wants to play. But the more I watch the Chargers, the more I like this team to win the division. But that's why I said going to the year, set up an arbitrage, take the Chiefs and the Chargers, make guaranteed money. Yeah. Is Denver? And the Raiders, yeah, they're not winning the division. They're they're doing Denver and, and Raider things right now. I said I thought the Raiders stunk, and they haven't won since. They were undefeated when I said that. They haven't won a game since. Yeah, a lot of lot of fools gold out there with three and O teams this year before before reality struck. So, but to go back to the Cowboys, I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit. This team's very good, 
and they torched Carolina's defense, which gave Philly fits for about two and a half quarters, but they choked the game away anyway. They beat a really banged up Giants team that got even more injured as the game went on. They beat the Eagles, who we both think aren't very good. They beat Carolina, and they lost a very close game to Tampa, which, you know, was very close and whatever. I'm skipping a game in there, but the point is, you know what I mean? They haven't really played against anybody or beaten anybody that's worth a damn. The Tampa performance, impressive. But the defense, I think, is also a product of the week schedule. I'll ask the same question that I'll ask with Buffalo. They're playing a week schedule. They're beating, but they're not beating. They slow down the Chiefs offense. They're not beating good teams. But the question is, do they have to? They beat the. They shut down the Chiefs' offense. That yeah. counts for me. Okay. All right. Good enough. Um. Yeah. And, and you know, I've been talking a lot about how this Chiefs team just looks different. They just look out of sync. They're not. Didn't the Cowboys are better than the Chiefs right now? <sighs> yeah, I think I. Uh, I think that's probably. I think they are. You've got especially if if uh, Edwards Alaire is going to be out. I know, think he will be. Um, I, it didn't. It didn't look. Great. It didn't look good. I think. I think Kelsey will be back. You know. Yeah. But it wasn't as bad as a Barkley injury where you think he's probably done for the year. But right. You know. Right. No. It's a. That's that's a. And that's a. Yeah. It's a shame. Uh, you know. Good. Good kid. Good running back. It's. A, I'm not surprised, but it's a sad story. You know. Yep. Yep. It is. Um, Justin Herbert, Scott. Is he already a top ten quarterback in the league? Yeah. I don't think it's close. I, I think you can make an argument, honestly, if you wanted to, for top seven. Top six. I, I think he's tremendous. I, I don't really know what more you want from the guy. He wins games when his defense is good. He wins games when his defense stinks. Okay. He can throw it deep. He can run. He's really everything you want. Well, let's go I don't to, know what more you want. Let's go down the list. Better than Lamar Jackson? Personally, I think he is, but nobody would agree with me because Lamar is an MVP. Better than Stafford? I'd rather have Herbert if I was starting a team. Stafford or, Stafford or Herbert? I'd take Herbert. Russell? Russell's tricky. I would take a healthy Russ, but well, I can't evaluate him properly because the Seahawks have done absolutely nothing to help him for no, the last like seven years. We're talking about I'm taking Russell Wilson though. Okay, uh, Mahomes or Allen? I'm taking Mahomes and Allen. Okay, uh, Rogers. Taking Rogers. Brady. I'm taking Brady, but okay, okay. yeah. Okay, uh, we could be about done. Uh, here's. Now, here's a comp you hear a lot. Well, how many do we name? We named like five or six. Uh, so I got Herbert in the top six or seven. You go, uh, yeah. And, uh, and I think that's going right. I think that's going to be about it. As I'm, as I'm, People would disagree with me about Lamar. Maybe it's just me, but I just think Herbert has more upside. Would I you think t- Herbert's just better. Would you take him over Derek Carr? Yeah, 100%. Okay. I feel like that's a sarcastic question. Like, Not yes, really. I'm 100% taking him over Derek Carr. Well, there's a lot of people that think Derek Carr's an elite quarterback. I th- I said I thought he was above average and he was competent, but he didn't look like it against the Bears with, uh, yesterday. Baker, take him over Baker. Hell no. Okay, you're you're reaching now. Dak you're just reaching. Dak. Dak is tough. Okay. I think Dak and Herbert are neck and neck. I think they're right there. Kyler Murray. Mm. Go home. You're drunk. That's... Go home. You're drunk. Uh. Okay, so he squeaks into the top ten. I won't even make the answer because you already have. You know. You know the answer. I said top ten, so yeah. Yeah, he's that's that's about where he is. He's but he's not, he's not top five. He's not the, he's not there yet. He could be. He's, uh, Kyle, I'd put Kyle ahead of him, but I do think it's pretty close. Okay, because I I do think that Murray has a system in place which is built around just building up a bunch of stats. What do you think? You think Herbert drew one out of a hat? Truth is, I don't even know. Herbert's had Herbert su- succeeded in Anthony in Anthony Lynn's universe. He's got a couple pretty good weapons too. Oh yes, he does. Yes, he does. So and that and that's I'll take else. Murray, but I do think it's very very close. Okay, all right, very good. Yeah, he's solid. He's a t- he's a top he's a top ten quarterback. That's yeah. that's and anytime you get a question like that, you got to go through the list and you got to see who uh, who he's. Better would you, would you so. take him over Lamar? I feel like the main question mark we had was him over Lamar I, I or him over Dak. I don't like Lamar. I I just I think he's too inconsistent throwing the football. I agree. Um, I would, I would take him. I would take him over Lamar. Uh, Lamar has a, a very unique aspect to his game in the running. I just think you have to build your entire offense around a run-first system, which has proven time and time again in the playoffs, it does not work. I have seen so many running quarterbacks come to a bad end, starting with, uh, well, hell, you could go back to Bobby Douglas of the Bears, but then you've got Dante Culpepper. 
Um, you got Randall Cunningham. You got Michael. And hell, you can talk about Tarkenton if you want to go Mike, like all Mike, the way back. Michael Vick. Well, it didn't. It actually it didn't end. It ended okay for Tarkenton. He played about a hundred years. I know, I know it didn't years. fit your narrative, but I'm saying he also ran. He threw the ball a lot, but he also ran around like a chicken without a head half the time. Right, and they also I don't believe they quite had the injuries they have nowadays for what yeah. for whatever reason. I think it's just speed and size. I'm not saying Lamar is bad, but people put him in the top ten, top yeah. whatever, and no. I just. I don't see it that way. Nope, nope. Now he, ha- you know, he has done he has done a better job of throwing the ball this year. His accuracy has really improved. He's actually become mm-hmm. kind of a quarterback. So I'm not con- I'm not completely convinced. But you know what? We'll see. I'm taking Herbert over him. Okay, very good. Um, and last but not least, by the way, the wild card in that top ten is Deshaun Watson. We don't have to talk about that. Nope, out of sight, out of mind, buddy. We have one more award to give out, Scott, and we're going to have to step away from the gridiron. A lot of great performances in football today, but one performance stood out. Let's find out who it was. Who is deserving of the fanfare and the winner of the Gambling Hero of the Day? A beautiful tone. Yep. Scott... You wouldn't know it from listening to this show. There's also another sport going on right now, and it's kind of important. They're playing the playoffs, and that's Major League Baseball. Man, is Major League Baseball like your summer girlfriend, and then like your regular girlfriend gets back from vacation, and you don't even pay attention to your summer girlfriend? That's the way I feel about MLB. You know, we were doing every show. We're betting it. We're making picks. And then football starts. You're like, who now? Oh, no, we don't do that. But the playoffs are going on, and we had a pretty good game. Speaking of a, a game we could talk about for about half an hour with the uh, call there in center field, the ground rule double and whatnot, but the Rays and the Red Sox ended up going to 13 innings, and this game was crying out for a hero, and they got one in Christian Vasquez. Wow, talking about all the big bats. Hit a two, walk-off two-run dinger in the bottom of the 13th. Bob's your uncle, Red Sox. You live to play another day. Christian Vasquez, you are the gambling hero of the day. It's not even a living another day. They're up 2-1 in the series, but still. That's right. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I was a... Uh... Force of habit. You thought Tampa beat the Red yeah, Sox. Yeah, it was, it was Houston that's up 2-zip. Yeah, uh, yeah. Red Sox snuck out that second game in Tampa. You're absolutely correct. So let's take a look at the uh, at the MLB playoffs, shall we, Scott? And, let's uh, do it. We've got a uh, full game. We have a full slate manana. As uh, Milwaukee plays Game Four against Atlanta, should well, be game game, slate, game three. Full, yeah, a full slate, kinda, because there's not many betting lines out for a couple of these games. Yeah, it is. It is kind of a as as we speak right here. There's a couple of games that have some questions as far as the starters go. Well, I guess it's I, just, I see three lines. I got nothing on the Houston game. Yeah, they they finally announced pitchers there in the other one, but you got nothing in the Tampa Bay Boston. Because no, I actually got something on Tampa Boston. What do you got? DraftKings actually just posted it's minus one ten both sides total of nine. There's no pitchers. Correct. You play that. Uh, you wait until they announce pitchers. <laughs> you're just a junkie. You're just a. You're just, just, I'm just saying. I got a bet now. About ten minutes ago, so the, there is a lineup on that game with no pitchers. Houston just has nothing. There's just nothing on that game. Terrific. All right, so Milwaukee and Atlanta tied 1-1, heading back to hot Atlanta for a couple of games there. Yes, a 1 o'clock baseball game on Monday that I'm sure nobody knew was happening at 1 o'clock. That's the old school, man, playing those afternoons. I figured it would be 3 o'clock. You know, I can remember they used to play World Series games on, like, Thursday afternoon. I remember being in elementary school when the Yankees were playing against Detroit, and I was trying to find updates from, like, my computer teacher because he was ahead access to MLB.com. Nice. Very nice. Uh, Milwaukee and Atlanta tied 1-1. Freddie Peralta goes against Ian Anderson. Atlanta's the favorite here, Scott. Freddie Peralta been pitching pretty well. But uh, right now, as it stands, a little bit of uh, Atlanta money coming in. How are you standing on this one? I'm going with Milwaukee uh, just because of the fact that I think Peralta's the much better pitcher. I like Jethro. This season hasn't been too kind for him. He's had some injury issues. He really has been up and down. Peralta's just been great. Mm-hmm. So you got an advantage with the starting pitcher. I'll look at the first five. I know the Brewers can hit, which is, of course, a bit of a problem. So I can't take the over with Milwaukee. 
I'm looking at the under and I'm looking at hold my nose Peralta first five. You? I'm the I'm the same way. Peralta has not pitched well. His uh, well, he's pitched okay. Actually, you know what? I'll go Brewers full game instead of first five because Atlanta's bullpen. Milwaukee didn't score against them last game, but they had a bunch of guys on base. They're challenged. Uh, Peralta's given up seven over his last eleven and a third, covering two starts. That's not that's not ideal. But as far as his overall season goes, he's been pitching very well. Uh, like I said, Ian Anderson, uh, most of the season's been a struggle. He's straightened out a little bit lately. I've got this one pretty close to a pick as far as the pitchers go. And I think I think the... Uh, like you like Atlanta's offense. I can tell you're going to Atlanta. No, I'm... I, really? I, I can't do it. No, I, I, think, I think Peralta gets the best of them. At the at the end of the day, and I, you know what, I don't hate this Milwaukee offense. They can they can. Well, so far in the series, I hate this offense. No, they haven't been they <laughs> haven't been good they haven't been good lately. I'm hoping a change of scenery, uh, maybe helps them out a little bit. But um, I'm know. assuming you agree with me about the under, though, right? Like I, I cannot take an over based on what I've seen in these first two games of the season. No, you can't you can't do it. You got two quality starting pitchers. You've got one really good bullpen in the Brewers, and you've got um, two teams. Terrible that, offense or an underwhelming offense. Yeah, the they're, defi- they're definitely uh, offensively challenged. So, yeah, yep. that, that's, my, that's my feel on that one. And you've got the Houston Astros. Now, this is the one I don't have a line on at all. We, we don't know who's pitching for Houston. Uh, I've got Urquidy. That sounds about right because they used everyone else yesterday, so it should be Urquidy. I've got Ur- Urquidy, Urquidy going against Rodon. Yeah, Rodon I have listed. I and, don't have a Houston pitcher. And again, apologies if that's not correct, but that's what, that's what we've got listed right now. We don't have odds on that. Um, I would figure that would be somewhere in the neighborhood of White Sox minus 125. 120. Yeah, right there. Who you got? I'm taking Houston. Going into the series, we both said Houston in four. Right. And I said specifically Chicago would win game three with cease pitching at home. It's exactly what I said. It's exactly what happened. Yep. I'm, I'm taking Houston to wrap up the series. I'm three for three in this series. Might as well ride it, don't you think? Yep. Of course, that's, that series is also tied 1-1. For a series, though, Radon, he's been great this year, but he's been injured for the last couple months. I know he pitched a little bit at the end of the regular season. I don't know if he's giving you any length. And the White Sox bullpen, they used most of the really good guys yesterday. Houston kind of threw in Granky in a mop-up role. They knew that they were behind, so they didn't really use everybody. I'm really concerned if Radon does not give them length, which he probably shouldn't. I'm assuming Radon goes four or five here. Do you really trust some of these guys going on back-to-back days or throwing in a Kimbrel in there? Absolutely not. So I'll take Houston. Well, Rodon, by the way, I, I misspoke. Houston's up two to one in this one. I think I said it was tied, yeah. but Houston's going uh, two to one after the White Sox won. You know, Rodon, he came back the 26th of August. And he's he's been okay. He, he, you're right. He's not going to give you much length. He's going to give say, you. Well, what's the distance though? Usually around five. He's going to give you five. That's that's exactly what he's he's made. He's gone five innings in every start except the start before last against Detroit. So I'm he, asking, do through. you trust Radon and about four innings of Chicago bullpen compared to Rikidi and four innings of Houston bullpen? If I was going to play any kind of Chicago, I would play first five. Okay. But I still think the uh, I think the Astros have the advantage they certainly have the advantage with the bats right now they're they're just they're swinging the bats really well of course the white Sox came roaring back do you think that's going to give them any kind of momentum do you think that's going to give them the jolt they need to even up the series i find that whole narrative extremely overrated okay. baseball is a very in the games are so independent of each other that i don't think it matters you all see right. teams all the time score 12 runs one day next day they score one and you go, what happened? I thought it would roll over. It's because with new pitchers, with new scenery, with a full night of rest, whatever, I don't really buy that. Houston's been there. They've done that before. I think they'll be ready to go. The question is, is Chicago going to be fat and happy after winning one game in a series they're trailing? Well, you would think Larusa. you have the veteran manager. Sure. You think he could get them off of that narrative? I think it might be his last game as the manager of Chicago, so we'll see what happens. Houston, take care of business and uh, finish it up. Plus money? I'm taking Houston. I'm not laying with Chicago. I think you have to, don't you? I hate that bullpen. I can't do it. You hate the bullpen? For Chicago? They used it. He's mad at the good relievers yesterday, so it's even worse than it was before the game yesterday. Can I be the first to say, bummer? Yeah. Bummer might pitch, and he was awful in game two. Two, yeah. Yeah, so. Tampa Bay at Baston. 
The Red Sox, Scott, don't look now. The wildcard team from the East going to uh, give it a shot of knocking off the division winner. Well, I picked AL Tampa, East. but in general... Well, you're down. I, so. I did phrase the question, if there was value on Boston before the series, solely because they've faced each other 19 times they know everything about everybody on the roster. Right. And Tampa was about minus 180 in the series. So I mentioned there might have been a little bit of value on Boston based on that premise, but I thought Tampa would still win the series. They still might win the series. Yep. But I don't know who the hell is pitching for either team. Well, it looks like Eduardo Rodriguez is what I have. But I don't okay. know. I don't, he he I pitched don't, game one, didn't he? I don't know how no, it's, accurate that's uh, going He pitched to be. game one. No, that's just what I'm saying. He got shelled, but he pitched game one. Yep. Yep. And Tampa's got somebody. Who knows? Who you know? Is, Ar- is Archer alive? Archer for the year? There's no way Archer's on the postseason roster. I'm assuming he's not. I'm trying to think of any pitcher who started a game. Waka using Waka for game three. You might. Yeah. And he's yeah. been very good for the last month. Not bad. Could be. I, well, Archer was a complete just random name. I'm like, who the hell was a starter for this Tampa team during the course of the year? But Waka's probably the guy. So you've got. And see, I show I show the Westgate has Tampa as a slight favorite, and I've got DraftKings to show Boston as a slight favorite. I see minus one ten, so whatever. Yeah, so I'm going with Tampa, just because I think it's going five. I'm, I'm not going to make a, I'm not going to make a prediction until I find out who's pitching. Based on the fact that we don't know who's doing it, if I'm it's Rodriguez and Waka, I like Tampa Bay. I thought it really I think it's, if it's just Waka, I like Tampa Bay. Well, Rod- if Rodriguez struggled and coming back on short rest. But I'm saying, let's just say it's not even Rodriguez. Let's say they throw out, it's not Pavetta because he pitched yesterday. Right. You, you throw Hauk out there for a couple innings and then you just make something up. Like, well, I don't know what you're supposed to do. Well, you know, that, and that was somebody that we could have put as gambling hero was Pavetta for saving the bullpen. Yeah. Because now, you know, you find yourself in, in trouble like Tampa is. All right, and the last game is going to be Wood versus Scherzer. You know what? Let's not spoil it, Scott. Let's talk about that one here in just a minute. We do have a, we do football. have a, we do have football. Bum, 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 bum. Manning brothers back? Uh, no, they're off until week seven. Oh, God, I need my fix, man. Alex Wood, going. Oh no, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna wait on that one. Uh, my bad. <laughs> Sorry, what an exciting football game! For oh, I'm, st- I'm, I'm, I'm still seeing, uh, I'm still seeing Daniel Sorensen let guys get behind him. Colts and Ravens tomorrow night or tonight, my friend. Ravens seven point favorite. Thank four- you, NFL, for putting the Colts on national television. Forty six is pretty much your number. Well, you know, before the season, they were talking about being competitive there in the South. They're, I don't know who they are, but it wasn't us. They're one in three. No, we didn't like this team at all. We thought they had quarterback problems, and they do. I picked them last week against Miami, though, but that's because Miami stinks, oh, not congr- because this team's any good. Congratulations. Get yourself down for some sort of medal? A little bit. Uh, tell me why Tell me why the Ravens don't cover this number. Uh, the logic would be if the Colts can actually, A, stop the run, B, just keep Lamar off the field. I love the under in this game because both teams aren't exactly built to score quickly. I see a lot of really, really long drives, mostly setting up field goals. Well, because I've seen Carson Wentz in the red zone. I've seen Frank Reich's play calling in the red zone. It is a disgusting thing. They're going to settle for a bunch of field goals. Well, and the and the Colts have a lot of injuries. They've got uh, uh, Quiddy Pay is going to be mm-hmm. out. Rocky Sin is going to be out. Baltimore, of course, has the same injuries as before, but they're still banged up. They are. They are still banged up. They are getting. Can you say a little healthier? Uh, they're not getting less healthy. Well, they haven't. Yeah, they haven't lost any any new guys. But yeah, they've still got their problems. But I, uh, I just, I just don't think this Indianapolis team is going to be competitive with good teams. I just uh, call me crazy, but I'm, I see, I see a, a double digit Baltimore win here. That's fair. I'm going to be different. I'll take the Colts. Take the Colts in the, I, in the seven. Yeah, I just think seven's too much. Okay. I, I think that the Ravens' offense is okay. Yeah. They torch the Chiefs defense, which I don't know if that means anything. So other than that, they haven't really looked that sharp offensively. Even against Denver, they were fine. They got the job done. I think they'll win the game. 
but I'm expecting a really low scoring game. I don't know how this totals at 47. This total could be at 42, and I still wouldn't mind the under. Well, I'll tell you why, because I think uh, Baltimore puts up 27. Okay. And how many do you think the Colts actually put up? Uh, you know the Colts have put up 20 in, in order for that to even push. Yeah, I understand. They've got it. I think, yeah, they're going to have to get. I, I got them somewhere in the 14 to 17 range. So, I see 23 17. Okay. Close game, hideous to watch. I'll be watching baseball instead. All right, fair enough. So you've got you've got Indianapolis and the under. Yeah, I'm assuming you got Ravens and the under. I'll take Ravens and the under as well. Yeah, there's no way I'm taking an over with this uh, Baltimore team, with this Indianapolis team. Mm. All right, very good. And then there was one, sir. We have put our heads together. We have come up with our very favorite play of the day. It's not football. Well, Scott, let's find out what it is as we strap on our overalls, climb aboard that big green John Deere tractor, and fire that baby up. It's the Monday edition of Bet the Farm. All right, Scott, uh, we did have a Bet the Farm play on Friday. Remind me how we did. We had the Astros on the money line in game two. And they won by a bunch of runs. All right. A little late. Very good. We were very good. We had the, uh, picked up another farm on Friday and we look to, uh, we look to add some more property and get some, get some winter wheat planted. Perhaps Scott, go ahead. What do we got for today? For this one, we're looking at the late game in the NLDS between the Giants and the Dodgers. And we like the Giants plus one and a half runs at minus 125 on DraftKings. Scherzer is pitching for Los Angeles. Last two starts, not very good. Ten and one-thirds innings pitched, 8.71 ERA. He also did not look very sharp against St. Louis, which is why he only went four and a third in the wild card game. So we think San Francisco might get to him. Meanwhile, you have Alex Wood, on the mound for San Francisco, last three starts, 13 innings pitched, 1.38 ERA. So the length might not be great, but the Giants have a decent bullpen, and we think Wood will hold his own. Plus, the Giants have faced the Dodgers 10 times this season in Dodger Stadium, and they are 8-2 and two on the reverse run line. So we think that with the extra at bat, Dodgers are up one in the ninth. They're not batting because they're the home team. Plus one and a half at minus 125 with an 107-win team. We got to take that. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely correct. I don't, I don't understand. I, I, I'm thinking the Giants are going to be riding around the field with the World Series trophy and the Dodgers are still going to be uh, favorites Minus to, to win the division. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. They just get no respect at all for this team. I know the Dodgers won game two and all, oh, but whatever. come on. The Giants are really this big of an underdog. Yep. They've proven they can go toe-to-toe with this team. Absolutely. Absolutely. They thought they would blink the entire season. They haven't. So that's why we like the Giants on the reverse run line, plus one and a half, minus 125 at DraftKings. So that's going to do it for Bet the Farm, and that's going to do it for today's show. As always, we thank you guys for watching, for listening. However you're checking us out, we appreciate the effort for myself and for Scott Reichel, for the whole team over here at winnersandwiners.com. Thanks for being part of the show today. You guys have a great day. Good luck on all your plays, and we'll see you tomorrow. Take care, everybody.